0: If you'll join with me, today's scripture reading is from Matthew 6, 1 through 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Hey, good morning, Regent. Okay, I I, uh, wanna say, first of all, I think I say this every Sunday, but I really hope that you feel welcome here this morning. Um, wherever you're at in your life, in your own spiritual journey, uh, we hope that you feel welcome in this space, appreciated, seen, cared for um, in this space today. So I'm glad you made it. We're glad you're here and hope that you feel a sense of God's love, a sense of hope, a sense of encouragement this morning um, as we gather together. I also wanted to say I was driving here this morning and I had this little hope that someone would dress up in a costume today. Like I thought, I thought maybe it'd be Andrew. I thought somebody this morning, lumber, oh I love it, we got a lumberjack, that's fantastic. You just made my morning. Okay, we have a costume. All right, so (laughs) thank you for that. That is fantastic. All right, let's take a breath together. Would you pause and let's just pray together for a moment and we're going to jump back into this Sermon on the Mount this morning. God, thank you that we are here together. Thank you that you love us. And this morning, would you teach us and would you encourage us? Would you remind us that we are loved by you? Would you remind us that we don't have to impress people? But God, I just ask that you would help us to pause and take a breath in this space to be with you. And uh, may these words that Jesus said so long ago, may they inspire us, God, and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been looking at this Sermon on the Mount for a few weeks now as we consider our own spiritual formation, as we consider how can God make us into new people, people of love, people who can follow these ways of Jesus in our real lives. And I want to point out something ...that we see in the Sermon on the Mount and that we see in this text this morning. On the one hand, so much of the Sermon on the Mount is so incredibly simple. If I grabbed a five-year-old and said, hey, when someone hits you, don't hit them back. Right? Like, don't live for getting more money. Forgive other people. If I said, let your yes be yes and your no be no be honest. Like, so much of this teaching is so incredibly simple and so incredibly practical. Right? It's actionable. It's yeah, do this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Live like this. Do it's so simple, so practical. And at the same time, in this Sermon on the Mount and in this section this morning, there is something really deep that hits into our heart. That really hits into what is going on deep inside our inner life, in our heart, in our soul, with our emotions, with our motivations. Right, The sermon also talks about our our trust of God and our worry and our anxiety, what's going on deep inside of us, deep in our inner life. And this teaching this morning about doing good deeds is actually a pretty good chunk of the Sermon on the Mount, is this emphasis on when you do good deeds, do them in secret. So there's this very practical part to this teaching this morning, like really practical, really simple. And then there's this other part that it's deep, and it gets into who we are, and how we view the world, and what our our motivations are for what we actually do with our lives. So I want to start off with verse 1, I'm going to read it in three different translations. But we're going to be in Matthew 6 all morning, if you want to grab your Bible and turn there. But it'll be on the screen in three different translations. In the ESV, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And in the common English Bible, be careful you don't practice your religion in front of people to draw their attention. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And then in the message, be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding so how does this section start out it starts off with a warning jesus saying hey beware like be careful hold on there's some danger here be careful what your motivation actually is when you do good things and there are basically three big parts of this teaching three really good things on the screen given to people who need it praying and fasting Right? And these are universally pretty accepted as these are good things to do. Okay? These are obviously really good to do. But the question is not doing it. The question is, is why we do it and how we do it. And I want to start off by looking at this. One of the most difficult issues for many of us to face, if we are honest, is our need to impress other people. this deep need we have to be seen and to impress other human beings with who we are or what we do. And it really starts off really young. Um, One of my favorite things about being at Regen is seeing little children run around. Does anybody else love that? I love seeing some of your little children run around. I think I miss having little children because mine are now all, I have three basically teenagers. It's a lot in my house. It's a lot of something and they're wonderful. But I miss having right, a little one who can just talk and run around, it's beautiful. But um, even when I interact with little kids who I don't know that well, what do little kids do a lot of the time? They say, like, look at me, right? Like, look what I can do. Look, I can run fast. Like, hey, look at my new toy. Look, I can jump over this stick. Like, look, what I, look I can throw a ball this way. Like, look what I can do. Like, kids have this need to say, like, like look, look at what I can do. You adult human here, like, can you, like, look at me. There was a kid going underneath, like, the little ribbons that, and he was like, look what I can do. And it was like, just go, I just want to show you that I can go under this little paper here, and it's cool. And I want, can you look at me? I did not even know this kid. Like, look at me. Right? And so when we grow up, there's still this part of us that has this need and this desire for other humans to pay us attention. Right? To see what we're doing to see the cool stuff that we are doing. It's just that it's no longer acceptable to run around as a 30-year-old, right, around a church building and be like, look at me, I did something good this week. Like, look at my cool shoes, it's not acceptable anymore. But there is still this need we have inside of us for other people to to see the good things that we can do and and to notice it. But that need can go haywire a little bit. And that need can even go haywire in this world we live in of social media. And I know you're not all on social media, so I say that, and some of you are like, well, I'm not on that, leave me out of this. But a lot of us are, and we live in this weird reality where we can put like, the best pictures of our lives right, out there for the world to see, and then we can wrestle with how my best pictures are, or how my family is doing, or my this is doing, versus the other people, But we struggle with this need, like to be seen, like to be recognized, to be be appreciated. And I want to ask us this question, who do we need to please? Who do you need to please? Who? And then I want to look at these teachings. There's kind of three big sections this morning. First is in verses 2 to to 5. So again, it's taken for granted that giving away things, giving away money to those who need it is a good thing. That's taken for granted. And that's throughout our scriptures. This emphasis on having enough and giving and sharing with those who need it. And we don't know if in this time period there were actual trumpets. Like I was looking for some evidence. There's no evidence that anybody was actually using trumpets on the streets. Maybe someone was. But Jesus is making this point, Right? It's taken for granted that people who follow God in that era were were going to give money away, give alms, give to the poor. He's like, but you can do it where you sound a trumpet so everybody sees it. Or you can do it in secret and trust that your father sees what you are doing and that your father will reward you. I'm going to tell a quick story about this. You might have heard me say it before because it's one of my favorite stories in the world about this. And I don't think it's bragging about me because it's bragging about my mom, really. Um, but when I was a child, um, my mom was a teacher, and she I, it was an elementary school teacher, and there were some kids in her classes who didn't have a lot of extra money and who didn't have coats. So we would do this thing every Christmas, and my mom would get my brother and I, and she would find these kid ad- kids' addresses and not tell them or anything, and then we would go shopping and buy coats, and then we would get in the car, And we would go to these random houses around town and we'd have them in boxes, and my mom would say to my brother and I, Okay, take this, tiptoe up to the door, like real quiet, and hit the doorbell, and then book it back to the car, and we'd take off. So I was a boy, my little brother, and so we would do and we would go up to the door and like ring the doorbell, and we would just like book it back to the car and like take off in the car. And we'd do like, you know, three or four whatever on a on a on a Saturday. And that is one of my favorite childhood memories. Like, this, this feeling of joy, and there was a feeling of, like, holy mischief. Like, this is so sneaky, right? This is so sneaky, they'll never know it was us. Like, and then my mom would have this joy of seeing these kids come to school, right? Like, the, like, on Monday, like, with their new coat. But they had no idea, right? Like, no idea it was her. No idea there was a little boy, two little boys named Nathan and Noah, who had this, like, sense of joy in being able to drop that off. But the sense of joy I still have from that moment of, like, they have no idea, right? No idea that it was us. I think even speaking about, like, formation, like, I don't know how much my parents thought that through, but they formed me as a child. As a child, I was like, this is joyful. To give and have nobody know who it was, there's a certain joy in that, that I really, like, it marked me as a human being. And in this text this morning, there is a warning There's a warning, like, be careful. Beware how you do these things. Beware how you give gifts to other people who need it. But I also want to encourage us this morning. I want you to think about your life. Think about any moment that you have given someone something who needed it. That you have given someone a few dollars at a gas station. That you have bought someone a meal that you have sent a check to a ministry or a nonprofit who needs it. Like any point at which you gave someone something, where you didn't have to, but you chose to give. Whether it was 50 cents, whether it was $1,000, can you pause and think about some moment in your life where you have given someone something? And I want to just take a moment and encourage you. Those moments where you have done that, it probably didn't end up in a book, right? It probably didn't end up in a movie. Maybe nobody saw it, right? There was no like crazy reward that came in the mail in this big gift package because you did that one good thing. But I want to encourage you that when we do small, even small acts of beauty, right? Small acts of giving to someone, that this text tells us God sees us, amen? That God sees those things that you do in secret. God sees that, and God is pleased, and God is joyful, and God is glad, and this text says that God rewards us. So who cares who knows that, right? But God sees it, and God is glad, and I just want to encourage you in that this morning that those little moments matter, and that they are good to God, and that God will reward you. Now let's talk about prayer for a minute. This next section says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. I want to ask you a question. Who here, actually let's, let's do a show of hands just for fun just to see if, if you're brave at all. Who here has ever been in a group of people praying out loud and felt your turn coming and felt some sort of pressure that you better get some really, really cool words to pray because you better sound spiritual and you better, and he already took that one. I was going to say that one. That was a good one. He took it. Like who's ever felt that kind of pressure before in your life, in the church where it's like, I, it's my turn, man, I got to get something cool To say, Jesus says, doesn't matter, right? Jesus says, no, it doesn't matter. Jesus actually says, actually, here's here's actually the way to pray. Let all that stuff go. Like, let go of the flowery phrases. Let go of the quoting a verse just the right way, right? Let go of remembering that one cool thing the other people forgot about to pray for. Like, let all that go. Jesus says, actually, when you pray, go out and hide, hide away, <laughs> hide away where nobody can see you, and pray. Like, this is how to pray. And in that context and culture, they didn't all have their own room. So you kids that think, like, you really got to have your own room, or if you're a parent and your kid, like, like, nobody had their own room until really modern history, right? They'd have one household, a bunch of people living in it, and there would have been one, like, inner storeroom, probably, where you'd store some food and some stuff, one little inner place that you maybe could have gotten, so like a closet size. So they heard this and thought, okay, there's that one room in my house I could possibly hide in and close the door and pray. Jesus says, there's where you go to pray. Nobody sees it. You go hide in that closet and pray. So I'm gonna gonna read what Jesus says about prayer later here, but I'm not gonna get deep into it because I wanna save it for another sermon. This section one through 18 is interesting. There's three big points Jesus makes about secrecy, it's in giving alms, in prayer, and then in fasting. It's just that Jesus takes a big section to talk about prayer, kind of like a, like a side note. Well, I've got to talk a lot about prayer here because it's important, but we're going to cover that next week or the following week. But I want to read seven and following, okay? Jesus says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. They think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Right? This prayer is simple. It's beautiful, but it's so short. It's so simple. And we can still use this prayer today. But when it comes to prayer again, there's a warning here, right? there's a warning of praying in a certain way to impress people. Jesus says, be really careful about that. Don't do that. Let it go. Just be simple. And in fact, most of the time, hide away somewhere when you pray. But then I also want to encourage you. There's an encouragement here. I want you to consider those moments that maybe you didn't think were a big deal when you cried out to God. You know, I've heard... Some wise people say some of the most important prayers you'll pray are, God, help me, and God, thank you. But I want you to consider the moments when you've been by yourself, maybe in your house, maybe in your bedroom, maybe in your backyard, maybe in your car, maybe at the grocery store, in the middle of your day, and you just stopped and took a breath and said, God, please help me. Or that point at which you said, experience something, and you just stopped for a minute, and you were by, and you said, God, thank you, right, for this. Right, those little points in your day where you stopped for 10 seconds and you spoke to your Heavenly Father and you said, help me. Or you said, I don't know what to do, God. Or where you said, thank you, God. Those little moments in time, I want to encourage you that God sees those. That, that those are meaningful. And that if we look at this passage, that, 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 what if perhaps that moment, what if that moment in your car where you stopped and you said, God, I need you, I don't know what to do, but I trust you, God, please help me. What if that moment is so beautiful to God that God sees that and God hears that? God loves that, that you took that moment to cry out to God in the secret, in the quiet. And what if that is beautiful, but sometimes what we think is beautiful is getting up here, right, and saying something flowery for all of us to hear. But those moments where you have cried out to God in the quiet, God heard you, amen? God hears you in the quiet. God loves you in the quiet. And this even says that God rewards you as you pray out to God in the secret, in the quiet. God hears you and God will reward you as you cry out to your heavenly Father. Let's look at this third illustration. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Quick story, also involving my mom. Mom, if you're listening, I don't normally talk about you. This is just this one day, okay? Um, I actually think she's listening, so hi, Mom. In college... I wanted to fast and pray about something. I had never fasted before. In college, I had a very fast metabolism. I played college basketball, lifted weights. I was kind of obsessed. So I went home Christmas break, and I'm like, I'm gonna fast and pray. Announced it to my family. I'm gonna fast and pray about this big thing. They're like, okay. By about 10 a.m., I have a vivid memory of rolling around on the couch groaning like a little baby. I'm groaning and rolling around the couch. I am so hungry, like, ah, and I I just literally, and like by noon, I was so miserable. I was so hungry by noon, I could not like stand it. I'm rolling, I'm groaning on the couch, and I have this vivid memory of my mom who is so sweet and quiet and humble of walking over to me and saying something like, can you please stop it? You can fast if you want, but can you please stop rolling around the couch and groaning? It's really bothering all of us, and I'd like you to stop. <laughs> and I don't know how much was just the hunger, right, or this need to be seen, but I was like, just everybody's going li- to hear my groaning of, of fasting. Jesus says, be careful not to be a hypocrite. And this whole, this whole teaching here, all these sections have this idea of a hypocrite. And a, a hypocrite comes from the word of an actor, someone in a play, someone who's putting on a face or an act to be something else. That's a hypocrite. And Jesus says, actually, I'm going to skip to later. Later in Jesus' ministry, he talks about hypocrites more and this, this issue. In Matthew 23, 27, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful... But within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So we have this ability as humans to have an outward appearance that we project, right? So we all got dressed this morning in our own different ways, right? We got dressed, did something to our hair right? Chose what we're going to wear this morning, even chose what mask we would take this morning, right? We want to make a statement or not with a mask, right? And, and we came here, and we present ourselves to the world in a certain way. But the reality is, as humans, we can try to present a certain something to the world, and then sometimes what's actually going on inside of us, or our inner life, our soul, our heart, sometimes that can become separated from the thing that we are trying to project. And instead of being integrated into one whole person, we can become kind of different people. There's the me that really exists and there's the me that I I need to project to other humans so that they can kind of be impressed by this kind of person that I am. And I want to point something out and I want to say clearly that this is not a dig at any one person or situation. But it really is interesting that that in our recent Christian history, there are so many famous leaders, like speakers, guitar players, like people who can just really get on a stage and wow us, just wow people. And then at some point, it comes out that actually the inner life wasn't really integrated with the outer life. And at some point that comes out and whether it's through a scandal or something private or whatever, like it it comes out. And and I'm not talking about making, we all make mistakes. We all have moments. But the reality is, and we've seen this in public, that it's actually possible to project an outward appearance of a certain kind of spiritual life, right? And a certain spirituality and, and, and a certain something to the world. While inside we are wrestling with our demons and perhaps losing, and, and facing sin by ourselves, not with others, and kind of dying inside, but it's possible to keep projecting something else, to keep projecting a, a facade or a mask to other people, to even be judging other people in public while deep inside your inner life is not with God, your inner life is not being made by God, you are not abiding, like abiding in Christ. And again, I, I want to point out that there's a warning here. But I also want to encourage you. There is a warning to not project this, right? And have your inner life not measure up. But there is also an encouragement I want to speak to all of us. For many of us who maybe don't feel like we're that epic sometimes, who don't feel like we're that impressive, but I want to encourage you. This whole passage points to this idea that those things that you do in secret... That nobody knows about, that God sees them. That mo- these moments you pray, those moments you give things away, those moments you do something for others, that God sees those things. It may be that nobody else in this church has seen those things, but those moments are valuable, those moments are real, those moments are true, and that is what God sees those things that you do. In secret, even if your outward persona is not incredibly impressive to everybody else. And many of the most beautiful things you will ever do, other humans will not recognize them. But your father sees them. Your father knows. Your father appreciates it. And your father will reward it. But I want to take a look and even a pause now as we kind of wind down the sermon to consider. Why we do what we do. To consider what does motivate us. What does motivate you to get up in the morning? What does motivate you to do the things that you do? Psalm 139 says, search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So as humans, we need acceptance. We need to be seen. We need to be loved. So the big question is, can we get our love, our significance, our acceptance from our Heavenly Father first? Can we hold on so tightly to the fact that the God who created the universe loves us, sees us, knows us, accepts us, forgives us. Can we hold on to that for our significance, for our hope? And also related to that, it's gonna help us a lot if we have real, vulnerable, honest friendships, community, people who love us, who we don't have to impress, right? People who you can go to to their house You can share a meal, and you don't have to impress them. You can just be you. Because you know that they love you. No matter what you're going through. So I ask you, number one, do we have this sense, this deep sense and trust that God loves us and that God sees us and that's enough? And number two, do you have some human beings in your life who love you, who, who affirm you, who see you with all your faults, and who love you anyway. If we have those things that need to impress everybody else can can lessen. When we know that we're loved by the God of the universe, and we know we have some brothers and sisters in Christ who love us and accept us the way we are. And when we're having a deep inner turmoil and wrestling and things are, are, are shaking deep inside of us, that we have someone that we can talk to about that. We don't have to keep it secret that we can bring that up with our brothers and sisters and that they can help us and be with us and and pray for us and encourage us in whatever we are going through. And as God forms us, as we trust God, may we get to the point where we can give things away just because we want to and it's fun, right? That that we give away because we have it and we trust that God's going to provide for us so we, we can give things away to those who need it. Can we trust that God loves us so much that it's enjoyable to talk to God, right? It's enjoyable to stop and speak to God. Because God loves us and we and we trust this God. Would you just take a moment and pray with me? We're gonna do this a little bit like a prayer of examine. We've been talking about this prayer of examine, this idea of of taking a long loving look at the real and and looking at our lives honestly. So could we take a breath together? And I want to look at some questions, and and again, this is not about shame, but about being honest with what's actually happening deep inside of us in our inner life. I want to ask you some questions to wrestle with and to pray about. One of them is, who do you feel a need to impress? Could you pray about that with God for a minute? Who is it that you feel a need to impress with your life? Are there certain people that you desperately want to see you? Again, not to shame yourself, but to be honest with yourself. And can you pray to God about that for a moment? Maybe ask God to help you let go of some need to impress the other humans in the world and to know that you are loved and cared for as you are. And now, I, could you consider sometimes, in your life where you have done some good things in secret? Whether it's praying secret, helping someone in secret, giving something to someone. If it's a dollar or if it's a huge part of your life, can you consider those points at which you have tried to do something good? And I'd like you to consider the fact that this scripture says that those humble acts of goodness that you have done God has seen them God sees you God sees you and God is glad and God rewards you and will reward you for those humble acts of obedience and those, those humble moments of prayer, and those humble moments of giving something away to another human, God sees you. God loves you. As we spend just another few moments in prayer, I want to encourage you that this morning if you hear this teaching and there's a part of you that it's like, oh, I know I've tried to impress people or I, I know I've prayed in a certain way or I know I've tried to put on a facade because we've all done that at points of our life. We've probably all done that today. I want to encourage you that the God we speak of is a God of mercy and grace. That the God we speak of is a God of love. So as we examine our lives and we examine our motivations, we serve a God of love, of mercy, of forgiveness, who sees us and loves us And wants to walk with us to make us more whole. And more free of the compulsions, the addictions that we have in this life. So now we're going to move into a time of communion. So if you want to go ahead and open your eyes. We're going to move into a time of communion. And let this time of communion remind us of the God of forgiveness. That as we have failed, as we have sinned, as we have fallen down... Let this communion moment remind us of the forgiveness of our God. So if you don't have communion elements, would you raise your hand? And Stephanie has some extra ones to make sure we all have these communion elements. And if you do, would you wait a moment and let us take this together? In Mark 14... We read that as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. I'm going to say a quick short prayer for us and then let's take this together. God, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you for the body that was broken for us and the blood that was shed for us. Thank you, God. Let's partake of this together.